Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill. This is Jill's Journals Out Loud. And uh, my hope is to be posting this on Friday, November 4th, 2022. Uh, So there's a lot of things I want to cover today, but I want to start off with just the quote unquote house cleaning parts and I tried to do some of this last month, but it got stuck in a horrific audio experience. So hopefully this one will be clear and people can listen to it. So we're going to just start with taking a deep breath because next week could be extremely volatile. Uh, Here in America on Tuesday, we have elections. There's a lot of tension coming around that. And so uh, I'd like us all to just take a moment and hope things go okay and that we proceed forward with some kind of dignity and calmness through this process. Uh, This is a Friday podcast, and normally it is for paid subscribers only, but uh, I'm going to be opening up the first podcast of the month for everybody because it's also uh, the one time a month that I actually do ask for uh, additional support. Uh, I have just a few of you who have been so awesome and are just consistently... Uh, sending a little bit my way without my having to ask. Uh, I don't like asking, but none of this is free, and you can see from the rest of the world, things are definitely tightening up and clamping down. So if you're somebody who is a free subscriber, I would love for you to consider upgrading. You'll see that link below. Or if anybody is moved, motivated, or just has a little bit extra, any kind of donation would be amazingly appreciated and uh, the support is always 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 uh, full of my gratitude for those of you who bless me in so many abundant ways so uh, I just want to say how much I appreciate it I do have a store where you can just make a one-time donation button uh, and that goes through a secure server and so you just have to click on the link below and I will say thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you now and forever okay so with that uh, the next thing I want to uh, notify you of is uh, I'm going to be hopefully moving the trailer here in the next week so there may be some disruption next week on the podcast in terms of days and times because I am downgrading back to no electricity and no internet and so until I can get myself moved and sorted uh if I can get uploaded by the phone, uh, I used to be able to do that. So we'll see if I can get it uploaded. If not, you know, I'm going to have to go find internet to upload. So we're moving again. Things have gotten a little uh, out of hand here and it's time to relocate. And so uh, I'm actually really excited. It's an open space where there is lots of quietness and privacy. So I'm actually very excited about the process. Not excited about moving that pile of wood that you saw or trying to move the trailer. So with that, we'll keep our fingers crossed and hope for the best. But there may be a little bit disruption on the times and days next week. Uh, and then the last thing I want to cover here is that uh, one of the things you know I've been trying to do is kind of move us forward and I talked about this idea of food famine and love and uh, I want to continue with that today and so uh, I am hoping to get more uh, journaling focused for you so those of you who 
really do want to do the internal work and those of you who are doing the internal work uh, I think now is going to be more important than ever and and so uh, you know I'm always a big fan of just the two dollar cheap journals called I call them my purge journals or my junk journals because I can write in them and not feel bad about you know desecrating a beautiful journal with my uh, needing to dump and get out but uh, now is the time you know there's lots of shortages coming there's lots of issues around diesel things like that so uh, I know I laid in a big supply of the two dollar journals and the one dollar or three for one dollar pens and pencils so that I have something uh, you know the power of journaling in this process is not really just for us either it's also creating a record of this event and uh, you know, this winter, there's so much radical uncertainty coming. So for those of you who are motivated, I hope you will uh, lay in an extra supply. Uh, the other kinds of things that hopefully someday I'll get around to talking about is there's all kinds. And one of the most powerful ones is called field notes. And that's what the farmers and ranchers use, or anybody can, where they would just write the day and then they would write a little bit about what they learned about the crops or the sky or the weather. That kind of stuff is going to be extremely valuable. In addition to, uh, you know, kids and grandkids and great grandkids, they love, well, not all of them, but it's awesome to be able to go back and get a tiny window into your life. There's a, you know, hunger, I think, in some of us to know how our ancestors lived. And we are living through something that's very powerful. So if you haven't, uh, now would be a great time to start. If you are, now would be a great time to lay in a supply of uh, things to write with because if the electricity does go out, trust me, you will be grateful that you have uh, a place to kind of occupy yourself to process some of the overwhelming things that may be charging down our path. Okay, so uh, last time I talked about food, famine, and love, and I talked a little bit about, you know, my own personal issues with food and, you know, concerns about famine and... Uh, you know, the question of meaning and how, you know, meaning is awesome. Meaning is uh, abstract. It's personal. It's often something we don't recognize until much later or maybe even not at all. It's just an integrated part of our day and we don't even know we smiled and saved someone life, someone's life. Uh, but there's also a very practical aspect to creating meaning. Uh, and there's also, to me, and always has been, uh, a grand misunderstanding of what the word or the idea or the energy of love actually is and you know what's fascinating about this moment in time is almost everything that's happening to us is the opposite of love right it's the opposite it's fear it's hate it's rage it's division uh, it's destruction uh, and from that you know seeds are being planted and we get to decide how we want to move forward uh, and we also get to decide what kind of seeds we want to plant. And the most powerful seeds that we can plant are the ones in our imagination. And so I wanted to move through a process with you today uh, where I wanted to talk about some of this. And I posted a documentary. Someone, uh, there was a comment about uh, a, uh, one of uh, the listener's sons uh, went to agricultural and I remember this documentary. I don't know how many years ago I watched it. I just watched the first seven minutes of it. And uh, it's, you know, it's it's from the early 1940s. It's from Holtville, Alabama. 
Uh, but I was struck when I watched it the first time how simple and practical and then what we would say obvious uh, you know things were and yet it was a, a program that was dismantled even though it was uh, so successful and looking at the people looking at the structure even the intro was about you know big town small town rural community uh, and then looking at the kids and they're all barefoot and they're outside and even to the point where if you look at the kids faces they're kind of round and flat and that's uh, a sign of a healthy nutritional human the the human physiology wherever you are across the globe is when you're healthy the bridge uh, in your mouth expands and fills up uh, and that creates kind of a flatter space uh, a, a form and it's but it's interesting to me I'm looking at it I'm going oh look at all their faces they kind of have the same shape uh, and that's the sign of nutrition a narrow face uh, crooked teeth things like that that's a sign of malnutrition because you don't get good bone formation in uh, in childhood because you didn't have good nutrition in utero and so it's it's interesting because it's kind of right before uh, World War II uh, and then you know the 50s and the 60s and you know everything's been kind of a downhill slide since then in many many ways and so I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about it because you know, one of the things I've been doing since I left my home in California and came out to New Mexico was trying to imagine a way to be in the world. And I was focused on, uh, you know, food and, and at the time I wanted to be around horses and then I wanted to be, you know, on ranches, things like that. But what I learned was this overall human program was really what developed the highest degree of health. Uh, and a lot of the human components, being barefoot, being outside, being in the sun, being physical, a lot of that stuff will just be automatic because we won't have a choice. If things break down, we'll have to go outside, we'll have to work hard. Uh, you know, we won't have the luxury of sitting inside watching TV and having, you know, food delivered to our front door. So some of those quote-unquote human components that make us healthy, the grounding from being, uh, you know, barefoot, breathing deeply because you actually are exerting energy and your lungs need more breath, so they automatically push that old air out of the lungs. You won't have to consciously think about all this stuff, but the most important thing that we will have to think about is how we're going to produce food and you know that's something that's crossed periods of time forever and there's all kinds of opinions uh, and they actually made a really interesting comment you know in the first few minutes was that when food went from local sourcing as let's just eat what we grow to commodity based meaning let's grow a lot of one thing there was prosperity and that was really the shift right when you started to focus on monocrop culture versus uh, a local regional economy and so somewhere in there you know in a perfect world there would be some balance but there's always a reason why we make our choices and it's always through looking at history we can decide uh, which patterns are worth repeating and which ones are not and the other thing they talk about is their small town had a central focus and that central focus was the high school and this high school did something amazing I don't remember I didn't get far enough in it to remember the name of the guys but my memory is there's two guys who started all this by trying to shift away from uh, just the way they were growing the cotton 
was destroying the soil and it took years for them to convince the the men to farm a different way and that process included visiting all of them by these this teacher and so for three or four years he would go and talk to everybody and he couldn't get anybody to move forward until the high school had their own experimental cotton patch and they did it the new way and they were really successful and now people were starting to perk up and pay attention and I started to think about how what was different you couldn't convince people with facts you couldn't convince people with statistics you couldn't convince anybody until you offered them a glimmer of hope by demonstrating a new way to do things so nobody that was ingrained in the old ways wanted to take the risk but the kids didn't have anything to lose and their success initiated that tiny tiny spark of hope and that hope that maybe this way would work and would improve living conditions and improve economy and improve health that was enough to sort of plant that first seed of hope and change things but it wasn't you know just a random act and wishful thinking it was a concrete structured plan that had been well thought out and it morphed and evolved into something that was so awesome this high school became a whole center for the community Uh, they would work on projects they would create businesses Uh, when you graduated you could buy the business from the high school all the parents were involved and you know they would go to the community meetings and they would fight and argue so none of this was like magical and simple it was excruciating and difficult and one of the most powerful things that they did was create a freezer and house the meat for the community because it was there was a lot of really poor people so that you could go get your meat and I was thinking you know one of my big issues in this whole process about being off-grid is you can't store food that's quality food because you got no freezer and how smart that was and I you know I look at all these food banks and I'm like why don't you set up a great big freezer and you can store your personal meat there and then come pick it up Uh, you know once every two weeks or whatever so there's so many miraculous solutions you know one of the things that uh, was fascinating to me about this this actual documentary is that eventually they disbanded it so here they they were like speaking all over the country you know people were really interested but Alabama went ahead and disbanded it at some point and it's never about doing the right thing or what benefits everybody it's always about philosophy ideology and money and so moving forward I think these things are really important to bear in mind about how quickly we'll give up what works for the promise of something better with less effort and at the same time how unwilling we are to work hard at something to make it work and give up with the promise of of uh, just going along and doing things the way they always were we are led by our character and our value and our beliefs and our ideologies infinitely more than we are by facts and statistics and you know there's this idea that oh if we all just had super common sense things would be fine it never works that way we are emotionally driven even if you are totally left-brained autistic 
singular focus. At some level, there is still an emotional drive. And it's very important to recognize that as we think about how we want to move forward. Because we're at a precipice. We're at a moment where uh, the old ways are being pulled apart. And our ability to imagine how we can move forward isn't because there's just one way and we all need to jump on board and follow the leader. But there's a million different ways we can move forward, but they all have some essential components. And those are, you know, focus, organization, consistency, hard work, discipline, long-term thinking, long-term strategy, things like that. I had somebody, uh, I had a couple people yesterday refer to me as the only grown-up or one of the only grown-ups around here. Uh, but also, you know, that I was rigid. And it's like, no, I'm not rigid because I'm, you know, a control freak. I'm rigid in that if I don't hold on to some kind of structure and routine, nothing gets done, which is why, you know, there were some commenting about I was the only grown-up because I get stuff done. And I consistently get my little life done, even though it's a struggle for me because I understand if I don't focus, if I don't have discipline, if I don't, Uh, keep some kind of structure then I fall apart and nothing gets done and we all have those moments it's not about being you know nose to the grindstone 24 7 365 but when you move into a more simpler way when you're driven by elements you know we're supposed to have snow today luckily it didn't happen last night but today and tonight there's just some basic stuff you have to do if you don't have your wood split ready and dry it's going to be a wildly uncomfortable process Uh, and you know the future that we're moving into there's no 911 uh, there's no life by crisis Uh, if you had a chance to read that resilience article from the post one of the things I uh, from Tuesday's post one of the things that was so interesting to me about that was how people who did not bring value were not included that the community actually became value added driven so if you functioned if you focused if you contributed whatever it was you know if you're 100 years old you can do childcare. that you were included if you did not bring value you were excluded and you know, there's this idea that everything devolves into road warrior and stealing. And that only happens when good people don't get hard-lined about, you know, you either contribute or you can't participate. And, you know, we have to to uh, understand, you know, what is a legitimate limitation. Like, you know, you're 80, but you still can contribute versus you know you're 40 and you're just running around you know telling other people what they need to do for you so it's a real uh fine line you know there's some discernment in there but we've we've evolved into a victim culture where those who have the most problems get the most attention Uh, you know we've evolved this just-in-time food strategy that will be the end of all of us Uh, and you know as you've heard me share food is really difficult but if there's one thing that's going to move us forward and that's what they talked about in this article is food food and water and safety are going to be huge and how uh one of the things that that was evolving out of this uh the argentine crisis was that people who were used to charging a lot for services uh 
really had to scale it back because you know abstract accounting or lawyers or things like that people who were used to getting a lot of money per hour they had no value somebody who was producing a loaf of bread all of a sudden they had a lot of value so we've really we've been in a false economy where uh, right now or not right now but previously uh, in the US you only spend about 10 percent of your income on food uh, statistically it should be about 25 percent uh, and then when it's at 50 percent you know that's when revolution and riots break out but we've had cheap food for so long we don't value its production and now we're being faced with a whole different reality but I was fascinated by how there had to be a lot of uh, mental and emotional shifts of self-perception about what created value uh, you know working hard was valuable versus uh, you know opining on ideas no longer became valuable because I don't care what you think if I'm hungry I want something to eat right and so to me what I've been posting this week to me is really important about how we move forward at a very practical level but we also need to move into our imagination and uh, I've thought a lot about this you know over the years in terms of the Great Plains and I read a, a book about Crazy Horse it was written by a man whose grandparents uh, gave him oral history about the time uh, that Crazy Horse was alive and I re and so you know it was a very romantically uh, written book it was I'm sure it wasn't you know this the oral history had a romance to it that probably wasn't real in all ways but one of the stories I really took to heart and that was the buffalo hunt and what it was like for the men to be you know on horses in the middle of the buffalo uh, putting their lives at risk the thrill and the rush of charging uh, amidst this huge you know there were hundreds of millions of buffalo before we wiped them all out uh, and and the risk and the energy and I thought oh man I can totally get behind that and I can see why that was so much more than uh, you know just going to the store and buying a package of hamburger you know it had such power behind it and it was fulfilling and it was fair because you know a bow and harrow was no guarantee that you were going to walk away with anything to eat and there was no mass slaughter that was just what you needed and how you know the buffalo was a complete package they they actually I didn't know that but they changed out their hides on their tent once a year I can't even imagine having to do that every year uh, tan all those hides and restructure their tents but that's what they did and you know the worth of the the man was based on how much hunting he did in terms of you had to have enough dried beef or meat for the winter and so you know it was a seasonal system it was a contributing system it but there was a lot of meaning involved in it and I'm not romanticizing the native culture because there's a lot of other things that went on that were you know horrific and shameful and its destruction came when uh, the Westerners gave them or the you know settlers and the government gave them food to sit on their butts and not do anything and that was the beginning of the end for them it wasn't all forced reservation and it was a lot of accepting free stuff so they didn't have to work hard so you know I, I share this stuff because to me it's not there's no like way to to go forward that's going to be perfect 
but there's a way to go forward in terms of how we want to imagine it. And, you know, in my perfect world, I would love to see a corridor on the plains reopen. Uh, and that's just something people could participate in. You would still manage, you know, the wild game and the buffalo at some level. But how awesome would it be for those who understand the thrill of of being amidst you know stampeding herds and risking life and limb you know there's a lot of people who would never want to do that they just want to go shoot the cow and then there's a lot of people like me who would love that opportunity not anymore but once upon a time so but it's you know as I shared in the previous podcast there's all these other benefits you're aerating the soil you're fertilizing the soil Uh, you know there's all these components that you can use plus it returns us to a seasonal rhythm which I think is really important Uh, you know there's just a, a, a lot of different benefits to parts of the way that we function in the world around our food systems that created more than just something to eat and I think when we can start looking at food as part of an integrative system as part of our economy as part of our interaction not just socializing not just tastes good not just uh, imaginative recipes but how it becomes part of our integrative culture that's a really important thing and so you know when I started this and I said okay let's just plant a little seed of hope uh, the second you know piece is a little bit of faith a faith in each other a faith that these new systems can be created that we can work together even if right now it doesn't look like we can work together you know I've tried my little hand at community and you know I'm ready to go run away and sit by myself someplace because I don't do well in a group but I have things I can contribute I just can't live in the circle of the community and so you know by understanding who we are and how we can participate uh, you know these are really powerful tools that we can use in our imagination Uh, and to me that is extremely valuable to be open to ideas that we may have been resistant to because there's lots and lots of ways to move forward and if you kind of see where I'm going here you know there's three things they say faith or hope faith and love and love is the most important and I haven't spent much time talking about what love is because uh, I've been stuck in survival mode for so long and it's hard to get to that heart space when you're in crisis or you don't feel good or there's a lot of work to do uh, or you're overwhelmed or you're tired uh, and all of these things you know I've been personally struggling with Uh, and the other thing that I've learned about this process of love is that it's so misunderstood Uh, you know we think about food as love in all the ways that we've been culturally conditioned but if you think about love as really what it is which is the power that I believe that holds the universe together uh, it's the romantic components of love are just so tiny and minuscule to the power of what actual love really is and what is love it's not Uh, enabling it's not victimization it's not uh, control it's not subjugation Uh, it's nothing that's meant to tear us apart or to degrade us or to destroy us 
Uh, sometimes love has to burn the house down before you can build a new one, right? The field dies before the new field can be regrown. But at our deepest, 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 deepest level, we have to have some kind of seed of love. And to me, that's what the meaning is. That's what Viktor Frankl was talking about. You know, one of the reasons I like having a dog is it gets me up in the morning. Otherwise, you know, I sometimes think I just pull the covers over my head. It demands that I take care of something that I love because it's not enough to just take care of myself on some days. And I know you guys understand that having some kind of external thing, opportunity, source, family, uh, you know, career, art, creativity, animals, nature, uh, purpose, uh, you know, skills, learning skills. We all are motivated by something differently but what's underneath all of that the where the meaning for us is is that we've connected that meaning to love and I think my number one failure is uh, not talking about that more you know I feel like I've failed in a million ways you know this none of this is the way went the way that I thought it would none of uh, what I've created is going to be even possible for me to sustain. And so, you know, I, I feel in many ways, you know, it's, a, it's a, if I had to do it over again conversation. But I think what I have been extremely successful at personally is all the internal work, you know, that I've don't share that's just mine. And to me, that's what the journals are. The journals are what's mine that's my life that's where I have the love of my life and the value and the the meaning and uh and that isn't something you know that we need to share but there is a better conversation and I believe that is the strength of the feminine oh it's raining so there might be some feedback on here uh you know I think that's where the feminine has fallen apart we are not coming into the world with the power of love uh, you know, I think the masculine represents strength, and you have to have love and strength together. You know, strength without love is conquer, control, subjugate, kill. Love without strength is victim, passive, uh, you know, soft, submissive. And you you can't move culture or society forward with one or the other. It's only power comes by putting the two of those together. And survival to me is basically under the the masculine strength category it's you know push 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 you've got to do this uh, you know for me the the feminine is the love category the heart the uh, the spiritual and that I think is my greatest failure I got super clear about that's what was important in you know my early 20s and I just never got there and I feel like man we are running out of time but when I talked about last Tuesday, you know, was, was uh, food, famine, and love. And we've perverted food the same way we've perverted love uh, and the way now we're perverting, you know, the masculine and the feminine, men and women. And it's not about going back in time. Like if you listen to the documentary, the man's job was where they live. The man's job was to work in the field. It's not about going back to traditional roles that require us to give pieces of ourselves up 
uh, any more than it's a good idea to go back to traditional agriculture, you know, where we give up a lot. Uh, we're moving forward into a time where we get to create something brand new. And I think that is incredibly exciting. And to me, if we could do one thing this weekend or this week as we are in a pivot time, like this election thing is crazy, right? That all these things are coming down the pike and there's really a good chance most of us aren't going to survive long time long term but there's two things that can survive and that's the power of thought and your imagination and a printed journal the printed word you just never know who's going to pick it up someday down the line and take something from it that will create meaning in ways you can never imagine or understand. And to me, that's what love is. It's investing with faith and hope in ideas. You have no idea what the outcome will be. And that's very process, not outcome, right? Because you are trusting in something that you don't understand. You're trusting in an event, in an idea, and a process where you've got no idea but that's what our ancestors did you know I think about that high school teacher who invested so much energy into this community and it paid off and then the community destroyed it because they succumbed to the state board and people got I, this is too much work I don't want to do this anymore and it's a cycle that goes on again and again and again and so we can't think about all of this as in okay we're just going to do this we're going to solve this problem and it's going to be done uh, it's an it's an evolvement everybody is in their own journey on this and everybody has to make the decision about how they want to engage in the process and the pain and suffering is greatest when we put all of our energy into focusing the, on the outcome the externalization of it all and love can't have a designated outcome because we just don't know what the right thing is for everybody at the right time in the right place and that's faith faith is you have to trust in something you don't understand and then that's hope that all your energy is being meant for something that has value the question then really is what has value and we're moving into a moment of time where people are going to have a huge reality check about how important and valuable food actually is and you know like I said this food plan that I've been on has been wildly eye-opening because to follow it 100% I've had all these things taken away from me that are just normal parts of my food experience you know being able to cook something that I like being able to create a meal with leftovers that tastes good and that is uh, fun for me it's just been you know very concrete very uh, there's like no love in it it was just survival it was just shoveling food into my mouth and uh, and now that I've had uh, you know this experience it's really created me uh, you know it's caused me to recreate uh, a story for myself that I can move forward and you know one of my favorite stories uh, for those of you who read the blue zone was uh, I think the guy was 60 early 60s he was a man who lived in Florida was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer and there's there's an island in Greece and there's an island in off Italy and they both have 
people. It's Sardinia, and I can't remember the name of the other one. I can't remember which one he went home to, but they're both mountainous. They're both uh, very traditional lifestyles. And he went home to die, and he, you know, got his little home on the hill where his family was from, uh, and he waited to die. Well, he didn't die that first year. And so the next year he, he planted a garden and he still didn't die. And he's like, okay. So then he planted grapes uh, to make wine and he still didn't die. And he ended up living 30 more years. And he didn't get medical treatment. He didn't do anything. He just returned to the lifestyle of his ancestors, which was walking up and down steep hills. It was socializing. It was sharing wine and meals. It was simple food that was grown locally that still had, you know, actual nutrients in the soil. It wasn't, you know, some kind of fancy diet. It wasn't chemical medical treatment. It wasn't, you know, external systems. It was the lifestyle of his ancestors. It was the community. It was nature. It was love that healed him. The love of a life that he found. And that doesn't mean, you know, we're all going to magically heal. But the message I really took from that is there's more we don't understand about ourselves, our body, our physiology, than we do. And it's not, you know, careful measuring of our food and our macronutrients and our micronutrients and how many calories or how many hours we fast. Uh, It's just simple. It's simple water. It's simple food. It's simple uh, consistency. It's simple exercise. It's simple sun. It's simple talking to people that you connect with. It's, it isn't complicated. But it also doesn't just magically show up. There's a lot of effort in simplicity. And it's that trading out of physical exertion, planning, discipline, long-term, all of that stuff that allows the love to emerge from it. But you need both. You need a love of doing the hard work, and you need the strength and the decision to do the hard work. And then you need times of celebration, of community, of connection, of letting down. And that will look different from everybody because, you know, the honest truth is not all of us feel good surrounded by a bunch of people. But I do feel good cooking. I do feel good growing or creating the food itself. There's lots of pieces of all this that we feel good in. So, I loved that story. I held, I've held that image in my mind for a very long time. Uh, and I still hold it. Those two images that are most powerful for me are uh, on a horse in the pack of buffalo taking great risk. To me, that's like awesome. And then, you know, community living on a hill with wine and sheep and gardens and uh, simplicity. I love those two images. Like if I could pick a way to move forward in the world, that's what my world would look like. And you get to pick yours. And today I really wanted to talk about this because uh, who knows? Like this could be the last podcast. It could be our last internet. It could be our last time together. And I wanted it to be something that came out of my heart. But it also has to be about survival because they're both. Love is life itself. And life is hard if you want to do it in the best way possible. And I don't mean that as boo-hoo hard. I mean, it takes a lot of work to live simply. 
Uh, it's very easy to have your food deliver and to watch TV. And nobody is the better for that. But once you get your fingers in the ground or you get in the sun or you get outside, you know, there's a lot of complaining because it's hard to chop wood when you're tired. And it's a pain in the butt, you know, running wood heat. But, boy, it's the best heat in the world at the same time. And so, uh, you know, we all have to ask ourselves, what is love? It's going to be different for all of us. But the thing that we all have in common is we need it and we all need food. So... I invite you, the power of your imagination, the power of the journaling process of health, of healing, of happiness, of joy, of hope, of hate, hope and faith and love and strength and power and uh, all these positive energies that are just imbued within us when we can choose to access them to just summon all that within yourself and you don't have to write it down even if you just take a few minutes to just imagine what would you do if you could start from scratch how would you live just start planting those seeds not from fear not from survival not from how am I gonna hide out uh, what happens if I get radiated from nukes I'm talking about stripping all of that away and thinking about all the histories and stories and ancestors and ideas and imaginings and pull all of that into your heart and your mind and then if you're really dedicated putting in your fingertips and writing some of it down because who knows who will see those simple words that you may have written today Maybe you could even write a letter to your grandkids or something. I don't know. But just, this is a huge, like, this starting Monday, if not this weekend, but starting Monday, you know, we are up for grabs. Uh, and I hope it's just another day. I hope that winter is just another winter. I hope 2023 is just another year. Uh, but we are, man, we are on the precipice of something. Nobody knows what's coming. But what I do know is that you can never fail if you come from a place of love. You can never fail when you accept responsibility to own your own strength and your discipline and your choices. And we all have the power to do that in this moment and at this time because it has nothing to do with what's going on out in the world. And it has everything to do with who we are as Viktor Frankl said, standing naked in front of our uh, assassin with no possession. We get to choose who we want to be, how we want to feel, how we want to decide. Are we going to stand there with love, with strength, with the power of all that is good within us? Or are we going to crumple in fear at the feet? Easier said than done, but absolutely a decision that we get to make. So with that, my friends, uh, I'm going to say thank you. Uh, wish me luck that I can relocate yet one more time and that uh, you get to decide how you want to move forward also. And also, just as a second uh, little pitch here, thank you, thank you, thank you for all of those of you who have invested and supported me uh, and for anybody who chooses to do so uh, on this day, you have no idea how much I appreciate and am grateful for you. So deep breath, my friends, and hopefully 
I will soon see you next time.